passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello. Welcome to Blummo Off the Rails. We'll be hanging out for the next hour or so, maybe. We'll see. 81390 Bubba, if you'd like to call in. Bubba's chair is coming apart. Again? It's at the bottom, it's like. Oh, on, like underneath it? Yeah, like the cover. There's just tape everywhere. I don't know what's going on. I thought I was sitting on a jacket, but it's just the the leather on the chairs coming off. No, I I stayed here late yesterday, and one of the things I did was I took all the, like, 700 pieces of tape that he had on the chair Mm. and put that, like, leather cover thing on. Oh. But, like, underneath it's kind of weird. And I just put it on just the end to see how it worked. Oh, okay. I see what's going on here. No, it's good. I, I just didn't know what it was. It was... Because the tape he had was all was coming weird. apart as well. So Donkey Teeth, four ninety nine. We got some stuff to cover. Um, it's been a fast week, but also a very long week. Like my whole concept of time is yeah. totally off. So it's weird. like I feel like it's the longest week ever, but also like Tuesday just happened. So I don't, I don't know. A one three ninety Bubba. Um, a lot of things to kind of fill in, backfill, just because we've been dealing with so much personal stuff on the show that I do want to discuss some of the things that are kind of going on in the uh, in the ether, in the world. Um, it looks like there was a shooting in Miami Gardens, maybe? I didn't know if this was breaking. I just saw it on Newsmax, and I think this happened last night just to kind of fill people in, at least 10 people have been shot outside a Florida restaurant during a music video shoot. I keep seeing French Montana's face show up, so I'm assuming that it was, I think it, they're saying it was a music video. Wasn't, like, probably country or something then? No, I think it was a rap music video. Oh. They were shooting a rap music video. And I, I don't know if, like, I mean, not to say that, you know, rappers typically glorify you know gang culture but it would be odd if it's like no you're not supposed to actually shoot it so i i don't know what's going on but it seems like there was a video a music video being shot for french montana 10 people were shot and i don't really know anything else i don't know if they're okay i don't know if they're all dead so if anybody has any additional information feel free to call in 10 injured all the stories say injured. injured. It doesn't say any dead. It says 10 were injured. 
Yeah, I mean, okay, great. Uh, that's that's good. Sporadic gunshots. We thought it was at least 12 shots. I took off running. Okay, so this is just one of the rappers, I guess, who was on scene, on site. But glad no one is dead. Uh, that's crazy if you fire at all those shots and you get, no, you get nobody. Not saying that I'm, listen, I'm happy everyone's okay. I'm just wondering, you know, the, that, I guess you're just haphazardly shooting people. You're not yeah. necessarily going to get a, going to get an L on that one. Yeah, they were all just licked, looks like. I don't know. Oh, I don't know what That's that means. the club they were at, the licking. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, 81390Bubba, if you would like to call in. Uh, last night was very chilled for me. Um, just went home, hung out, and I was lucky enough to catch a two-hour conversation with one of my best friends who currently lives in Australia. We have like a crazy time difference. There's a 16-hour time difference. And as annoying as that was when I was in California, it was even more complicated with a 19-hour time difference, which you'd think would be easier because it'd be like closer to the same time. Right. But it ended up just being worse. So I, I, you know, because right before I left for California, I'm like, listen, I'm going to have all this free time in Cali, like... Mm -hmm. Hit me up. We'll chat. And then I really didn't have that much free time. It was kind of a lot of moving. I, I certainly had a lot, uh, not a lot, but something to do every day in terms of someone to see or something to do or or whatever it is. Uh, I even ended up doing an open mat class. I don't know if I mentioned that. Mm-mm. My mom works with these oh, people yeah. who own a dance studio, um, but they also happen to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And the woman of the couple casually mentioned to my mom, like, hey, I know your daughter does it. If she would like to attend an open mat for zero dollars and zero cents, like she is more than welcome to come by Christmas Eve and kind of roll around. Now, again, I had been out the game for like two and a half months and uh, and now I'm about to go roll with a bunch of people I've never met. I don't know if it's going to be white belts or black belts or whatever. I know it's one of those like everyone's welcome, but also it's 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 terrifying because what's different about jujitsu is it's like a really intimate sport. So it is sometimes odd when you're like, hey, how are you? Like, what's your name? Hi. And then it's just like you're almost, you know, your head will be in their crotch, your mouth to mouth sometimes very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very While you're trying to hurt. I mean, not. Not actually hurt them, but you're trying to hurt them. Yeah, and it's, again, not that it's, like, a sexual thing at all, but it's just an intimate thing, mm-hmm. I would say. You know, I mean, even when I was on in class on Wednesday, and it's funny because it, th- because there's context around the sport, like, no one's like, hey, you're being gay. Like, everyone <laughs> understands that. Yeah, that's what you do. If you have your legs wrapped around another man or you got him from behind, like, you're trying to kill him, like. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's con. It's contact and it's combat. So, so there's no like, uh, you know, no one is calling you out for you know maybe liking men or something. Even though there are some openly gay guys at at the gym that I attend, and they're very openly gay about their gayness, and literally no one cares. So yeah. that's cool. Um, but even on on Wednesday, even though I have like been desensitized to the intimateness of the sport. We were being shown a move on Wednesday, and the instructor literally took the guy he was doing a demo with and just head just down. He's like, yeah, okay, get in position. And he just took his hands and just shoved it between his legs and then closed his legs. And so I imagine the guy's forehead was 
resting nicely on the other guy's testicles. Hmm. And it was also just like, okay, let's get in position. And he just like forcefully almost did this motion. And even me, who's like used to seeing guys on guys and girls on girls, like no big deal, was like, whoa, damn. Right. And, you know, and it's funny that like nobody flinched. Nobody was like, that's that's erotic. It's like because then the next move was, you know, him ripping his arm off. Mm -hmm. So then it became cool. Now it's not gay anymore because he's hurting him. So whatever. Uh, But that's kind of like how it is. But, yeah, so going to California and rolling with these people, they couldn't have been nicer. Like such a nice group of people. But um, I felt like I had lost a lot of what I had learned. Like a lot of the things that I would do like I forgot a lot of moves I would even like some go-tos I was also terrified that I was going to re-injure myself so but I'm glad that I did it I'm glad that I did it I think it's important to uh, just in general forget about jujitsu but I think it's important to um at least to me to challenge yourself like on a daily basis or somewhat regular basis and it doesn't necessarily have to be again doing jujitsu or something but like get yourself to be uncomfortable and get comfortable being uncomfortable and the reason that I say that is mostly now I realize how important it is to I've been listening to a lot of Andrew Huberman for those that don't know he's uh he's a neuroscientist out of Stanford he has uh the Huberman lab I think is his podcast but he talks a lot about a lot of different things when it comes to just general health and hormones and sleep, wake cycles and diet and exercise and also just general like brain health, I would say. But what I think is probably the most interesting thing that he talks about is um, dopamine and how to replenish your the dopamine in your brain, which he says, quote, is a... Um, uh, not re- it's a replenishable but limited source. So you can replenish your dopamine all you want, but there's going to be a, a, a limitation to how much you can actually have in your brain at any given time. So him and other people that I've listened to who are also pretty well-versed and experts in the field, they're like, if you want to feel like pleasure in your life, like you want to get that dopamine hit, you have to do hard things to kind of reset it, to go, mm-hmm. like, do things that are, quote, on the pain side. And, again, that doesn't mean, like, cutting your wrist or something, but doing something challenging that your body associates with, like, pain or work. Um, if you c- can do that often, then you can experience, like, more bumps in dopamine that make you feel good. Now, does that come from, like, back in the day of, like, having to run away from animals and things like that? Like, um, like what the function would be of like why you can't just, I'm not quite sure of why the dopamine isn't uh, like you just, you don't feel happy all the time. Cause here's the thing I guess I would say is that humans aren't designed to be happy all the time. Like that's not the goal. Like when people are like, well, what's your purpose in life? Or, you know, what's your goal? It's like, I just want to be happy. And if I'm not happy, then something's wrong with me. It's like, okay, but that's not how your brain is designed. Right. So your brain isn't designed to just be happy all the time. And if something's wrong, your brain is broken. Quite the opposite. If you're happy all the time, much like if you're depressed all the time, something's wrong with you. And you should be experiencing both because I feel like happiness and sadness at least those two emotions are 
binary opposite. So you don't really know what it's like to be really happy unless you've been really sad mm-hmm. and you've experienced hard times. So um, the way that the brain works is like you can get those big hits of dopamine, but in order to get that big hit, you kind of have to you have to take it on the other side of that pendulum swing. So in order to do that, you have to do things that are challenging, hard, and difficult, and maybe even things you don't necessarily want to do, so that when you accomplish them, like after you accomplish a run, and they, you know, they call it you know, the runner's high. Obviously, mm-hmm. I've felt that many times in my life. Um, it, it, it has something to do with the endorphins, but I feel like a lot of it when you're when you've completed it is a you feel good because you did something hard and you're like proud of yourself. You're like, okay, accomplish that, and I didn't want to. Uh, B is the endorphins. And C is just the fact that you're you're fucking done. Like you don't you you're not in pain anymore. I felt that way when I was doing the hot yoga, the Bikram yoga. Uh, I did that for about almost a year because I I injured my Achilles tendon, and um, I saw a friend who was in med school at the time because I I didn't have health insurance. So I'm like, you'll do. And he took a look at my leg, and he was like, so if you keep doing what you're doing, it's gonna rupture, and you're gonna need surgery. So I suggest mm. you really take some time off of running or, you know, doing anything that's involving stretching the Achilles. So I did fucking yoga for 10 months and I, uh, I didn't really like it. I convinced myself I did because it was really my only option. I I, I even tried swimming and I hate water, but even the flippy floppy of my feet, like that was, that was hurting my Achilles, Hmm. even though there was no, you know, impact on the joints or anything. It was just this movement of my, my foot that was fucking me up. So I, I could really only do yoga and even certain positions there I had to like modify because I couldn't fully straighten my my Achilles. So um, I I was like, man, it really does feel amazing like when you do when you do it. And I thought I was getting this big endorphin high until I realized like I think it's just because I'm out of that hot fucking room. <laughs> I'm just like out of the torture chamber and I feel good. Yeah. So it's kind of a combination of things. But nevertheless, who cares how it happens if you kind of somewhat torture yourself a little bit um, and do hard things on the other end is a big dopamine hit. And now that I know that, um, I'm doing things a lot more consciously when I work out or if I do, because like lately I've been doing these like biathlon things where I go, you go on a, you know, not a long bike ride, but bike to a a place Mm -hmm. and then go for a six mile run and then bike back. It takes me about two hours to complete. But, um, after that's done, I'm like, fuck, yeah, like, I am able to endure, I feel good, I feel like I, I did something challenging, and then also, you know, when I go and watch TV or do something relaxing, I don't feel guilty for it, I feel like I earned it, I, I just feel good all around. So I think that that is really important in trying to hijack your, because I love all these, like, brain hacks, I think it's important to try to, like, hijack your your biology um, and so that you can have it work for you instead of against you. Sure. Sort of a deal. And I've said this before, but when it comes to people that don't have to work hard, and this is like another reason like why I wouldn't want to win the lottery, is because like everything becomes mundane. Like even if you have a mansion or you get that new Ferrari, like at the end of the, after a few weeks, it's just your car, it's just your house. Like you... It, the 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 hype behind it goes away. Everything fades, and it fades like really quick. That's the fucked up part. Yeah, is like even the like I love being on the air for sure, but 
I mean, the zhuzh and like the excitement of like your first couple weeks of now being on the air live talking to an audience like that excitement of like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. Like that fades really, really quickly. I don't know if it faded as quickly for you as it did for me, but then it becomes your job and it's a job you love. But that kind of initial like spike in dopamine and adrenaline and everything like that, it, like it it fades. And it's kind of good that it fades because you feel kind of out of control, you know, even with like falling in love or whatever, you know, that that initial phase where you like can't get enough of each other. Even that kind of fades to okay, like mm-hmm. this is your, I, I love you or we're in a relationship and this is great, but it's not like that, ah, I, I can't believe I'm going to see, like you, you can't sleep, can't eat sort of shit. Mm-hmm. Like all, everything like that fades. So it's like, all right. And when people ask like, how do you keep it fresh with your partner or how do you keep it exciting, you know, with having a routine or how do you try to get a dopamine hit when you're constantly inundating yourself with things that, you know, score highly on the pleasure side of things and so what people i think don't understand is that you have to experience the pain or the challenge or something difficult to then be able to experience the pleasures again because like and i'm and i'm sure you've experienced this as well many people listening where like you're on instagram or facebook or wherever and you're scrolling and at first when you start scrolling it's like exciting because you're like oh all these new posts and then, like, it doesn't even feel good anymore, but you, like, keep doing it. You're like, this isn't fun. Like, what am I doing? It's like, yeah, put the fucking phone down. Go do something. Go for a run. Then if you pick up the phone again and go back on Instagram, then it's fun again. And that's because you've depleted the dopamine in your brain. And so you need to go do something hard to kind of, you know, offset it, bring it back down, and then you're able to kind of get that big bump. So my thing is that, that's why I wouldn't want to raise my kids if I had them rich or I don't think that I, I would not be giving them everything. And, yeah. And yeah. I'm not envious of celebrities kids. I think that they, you know, especially if they're just spoiled, like I am, imagine most Hollywood stars kids are and they weren't the ones to earn the money, you mm-hmm. know, like say you're not Brad Pitt, but you're Brad Pitt's son or something like that. You didn't have to earn it. Because if, if you earn it, then you're like, fuck, I worked for it. I earned it. You do movies occasionally. Like, at least you're somewhat gainfully employed and and you're self-made. You pr- appreciate it. Right. But if you're just born into wealth um, and you're just given everything and your first car is a Mercedes-Benz or whatever, G-Wagon, like, th- what is there to look forward to? Like, nothing. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm so against, like, winning the lotto and never working again. Like, I don't—I want the stakes of life to be real. Otherwise, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. And I know I've mentioned this before, but if anyone has seen Westworld beginning in season two, um, the rules of the game change. So, initially, the the robots can't kill the guests, which are real human beings, in this game called Westworld. So people go, they shoot people, they can rape whoever, and then they wipe clean the memory of the robots. And then the next day, they're all back on set doing the same script. But season two, the rules of the game change where the guests can actually, or sorry, the robots can really kill the the guests or the, the humans. So, you know, there's like some line, and I forget what it is, but 
the the guy who's been going there for 50 years was like it wasn't fun anymore because the stakes weren't there were no stakes mm-hmm. now the stakes are real now it's fun you know now it's exciting because now i have to fight for my life so then everyone gets trapped and the robots are killing humans and it's like this whole fucking ordeal but i kind of get that like it's not really fun if you know that the game is rigged if you know you can't fail like it's not exciting i mean that's the whole isn't that the whole allure of like doing adrenaline junkie type stuff is that the risk is real? Yeah. You're not playing a video game. You're really in the driver's seat or you're really cliff diving and, or jumping. And the same with people that watch it. Like they do the, you know, the, the Willendas do the high wire act between mountains or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, that's amazing. And then you go to watch it and they're like, they have a safety tether on. Who cares? Right. You know, the risk is why people watch it. And it's why, you know, and even watch football, even uh, Nick Lewinda said, hey, I would I would rather do it without the safety thing. But they made me whether that's true or not. Who knows? But like he's like, you know, Who's I use that, by the way, the guy that actually did the walk. Oh, OK. Yeah. It's when the risk is real. That's when it becomes exciting. That's mm-hmm. when you get the, the adrenaline and the dopamine hits and you feel alive and exhilarated. But if you take that away. And I feel like that's what people don't like realize when they come into winning the lottery. It's like, yeah, you're going to get a fucking massive dopamine hit when you win. But then what? Everything else. I mean, I get a, a lot of times people win the lottery and they go broke and whatever. But imagine that that's not the case. That say you, you win the lottery and you're set for life. Like you're fucked. Like nothing's cool anymore. You can afford everything. You know, you live in luxury. You, you never have to challenge yourself again. It's like you, you start to go numb. And that's why I think, in my estimation, why we see so many children of rich parents, especially like really rich parents, they end up doing drugs like homeless people. Like Mm -hmm. they end up doing uh, heroin or fentanyl or coke or something because they want to just fucking feel something. Mm -hmm. They feel nothing. Like there's no, like I worked hard and I accomplished this. It's like, why even go to school? Like why go to college if you're set for life? Like what's the point? Yeah. You know, so they end up doing these things where they just want to feel something and they end up being total fucking losers. And I, and not only do I see this with like celebrity kids, but I also saw it with like when I went to um, Australia and I met a lot of, uh, wealthy affluent jewish families where you know my the boomers my parents generation were very successful and the kids didn't have to do shit like my generation was fucking lazy a lot of them lived at home they had no intention of moving out they were just basically like kind of stagnant adolescents even though they were in their mid-20s so i was like shocked to see a lot of especially the boys i'm like why do you live at home? What what are you what are you doing? They're like, why would we leave? Like everybody lives at home here, and I'm yeah, like, oh I, my god! And it, like that became like the norm for millennials. Yes, yes, it did, and it's and it was even worse there. I feel like um, just because it was it was like part of the culture almost, especially with not. And again, I don't know if it's necessarily an American thing, but even within America, I've come to see that a lot of people who are not, say, Anglican and white, seems to be the case that a lot of more ethnic, and I say that not saying that whites aren't an ethnicity, but you understand what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Um, there's kind of a, a, like a 
they normalize and maybe even pressure you to stay in the home until like you get married or something. Yeah. Like they want, you know, it's not uncommon to see a Persian family where there's three generations living in one house or mm-hmm. an Indian family or an Asian family where it's very multi-generational. And it's not because necessarily anybody is poor. It's just like, why would we waste money? We can all collectively pool our money and live here. Or this place is already paid off because parents have lived here for 30 years. Just stay here. And also we want you, the the, the family's very involved in everything that uh, that the, the children and grandchildren do. So mm-hmm. not uncommon, even among my friends back in, in California, people that I know that aren't, you know, white. So... Yes. So back to the dopamine. Go go torture yourself for a little bit and it is un- unpleasant, but it also just gives you it gives you confidence that you are somewhat resilient, that you can that you can do something, that you'll be fine. I've often noticed myself when I was doing the cuz I'm not really used to working out for long long periods of time. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, fuck, let's do something new. Let's let's do something where it's like I got 2 hours and it's and it's not really any breaks. Like it's we're biking, we're running, and then we're biking again, and we're not fucking taking breaks. We're just we're just getting it done. Um, I kind of treat myself like the way I talk to myself is kind of like I guess how, like when a in when a toddler falls down and the parents are like, "You're fine," like don't re- like they don't really react. Yeah. Versus like they're like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" They're like, "You're fine." And then get the kids are crying. Yeah, yeah, but if if the if the parent doesn't really react, it's like you're fine. Get up. You bumped your head. You're fine. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I talk to myself. I'm like, oh my god, my legs. Uh, you're fine. You're you're fucking fine. You're you think you're gonna die because you went on a six mile run. You're 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 in great shape. You're fu- you're fucking fine. Relax. And mm-hmm. I go, oh okay, I'm I'm fine. I'm good. So anyways, just some uh some food for thought there. But yeah, so I was talking to my friend uh, my friend Jess who lives in Australia, and she has a. She was living in Germany for six years, had two kids there, decides she misses her family and she wants to move back home. Mm-hmm. So she takes the whole family, husband, two kids. Moves. But she grew up in Australia? <sighs> she was born in South Africa. <laughs> the, the family moved to New Zealand. Um, she lived a few years in New Zealand, I think near Auckland. I could be wrong. And then they moved to Sydney when she was like 11 or 12. Okay. And then she lived the rest of her life there until she moved to Europe. But Australia's kind of home, I guess. Yes, yes, Australia is home for okay. sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah, she identifies with as being Australian and Okay. Although you know, South African ties, but you know, culturally and ethnic culturally she's Australian. Okay. Whatever. So, um she moves back there and not only did she move back there, but she moved back there during fucking COVID. And we all remember how Australia was handling things. So she had to be in very quarantine well. yeah, for two weeks with two very small kids, mm. like a three-year-old and a one-year-old and quarantine. True, true quarantine. Quar- yes. You cannot leave the front door. <laughs> yeah. Not like it's okay to go to the beach. and No. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. It's like, don't worry about wearing a mask because you're not leaving your fucking house. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and what they do is when they, when you arrive from the airport and, the, and by the way, there was a time where it was like only Aussie citizens that were allowed to come back. Like there were no, there's no tourism when she was, when she came back. That's racist. So she comes back. They, they being like the government, some mm-hmm. government, uh, official or, or, or whatever department picks her up and they take her to like an undisclosed location to quarantine for two weeks and they do that so that like 
you know, the, the, the parents don't know where the, the kids are or whatever so that they could bring them food or, you know, whatever. They just don't want you to know where anybody is. Yeah. So they pick him up and take him to this place to quarantine for two fucking weeks. And, it, like, it's a nightmare with two small kids. Kids want to go outside. Can't go outside. Like, mm-hmm. it's annoying. So she does that. She moves here. And then shortly after moving here is, like, this was not the move. Literally not the move. Oh, no. Um, But, and I was talking to her about that yesterday. I'm like, it's how, just, And how long has she been there now? Year and a half. Okay. Like, not long. Okay. Maybe a year. But, yeah, but, I mean, that's a, a decent amount of time. Yeah. And... It was really interesting because I was like, dude, I remember when you said that you all you wanted was to be close to your family and move home, and now you're moving fucking back to mm. Cologne, which and you cannot compare Cologne and Sydney in terms of Oh, so she is real moving estate. back then for sure. Yeah, she has a flight okay. back. Yeah. Oh, wow. So imagine going... Now, if you've never been to Sydney or seen pictures, it's beautiful it's amazing fantastic weather beautiful beaches beautiful people just a, a, a i think it's an excellent place to raise a family like a lot of recreational shit just fun versus cologne which is just like more dreary and it's wet and it gets cold and it snows and it's shitty and whatever so she moves to australia so excited to be back realizes fuck what this was not the move but she said she would have never come to that conclusion unless she moved there. Like, she had to go back yeah. to learn. Um, but what she realized, which is sometimes a painful realization, is sometimes, you know, your your blood, your family is not the best people to be around. And that, you know, sometimes it's friends or, you know, in her case, her husband's parents that she's actually closer to. And that they make more of an effort to come see her and are more involved in the children's lives than her own family. And she's like, I can't. We need to go back. Like, we need to go back where our community is. And our community was in Germany, was in Cologne. And we came back because we want to be with my family. But it turns out my family is really not that involved. They're not really that Mm. concerned with seeing us. Um and she also kind of talked a bit about her mom and that was kind of like painful for her to come back and her mom's she's like her mom is just never happy like there's there's just a, a roadblock there for whatever reason hmm. that the mom is never happy she's like on a we were on the beach like bondi beach it's a beautiful fucking gorgeous beach with gorgeous sand i've been there many times and it was a beautiful day and she's there with with me and her grandkids and the whole family's there. And she's like, all she did was complain that it was a little windy. She's like, why is it always windy? It's a cold wind. It's a hot wind. It's She's like, it's always windy. Why is it always like, and she's just like, are you fucking like, we're here. We're happy. Right. We're healthy. It's a beautiful day outside. Like, and you're worried about like a minor wind. Like she realized, I think in that moment that this woman can never be happy. And she just doesn't want to be around that kind of energy, mm-hmm. which I understand. So um, they they miss their friends back home. And she said, you know, we had a whole community of people. And as parents, two parents who are working full time, who have two small children, she's like, there's virtually no time to try to make friends of your own. She's like, you're lucky if you make friends because your kid has a play date and you hang out with their parents just by virtue of your kids being friends. But she's like, listen, like 
your your kids might be friends, but you don't really like these people. Like you don't want anything to do with them. You know, there's not necessarily like you have a lot in common. But she's like, we have this whole community of people up back home that help us. That you know, it's more of a team effort in raising the family versus just her and her husband working full time mm-hmm. trying to take care of two small kids. So they're moving back to Cologne. And, um, yeah, we got we got talking about a lot of things. Now, are they moving back to the same exact place or is it, like, just the same town? Um, I don't know if they're moving back to, like, the same okay. house or apartment. I mean, they moved from—they lived in Cologne when they had one kid. Then they moved to Dusseldorf, which is—I oh, okay. don't know how far away from that. And then they lived somewhere there. They didn't love it there, but now they want to move back to Cologne because that's where his family is. Okay, I gotcha. And apparently his parents are very, very helpful, like, a lot. So she and 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 my friend gives a lot of good insight into being a parent that I don't get from anybody else. Like she's like I she's like Anna, I don't want to be responsible twenty four hours a day, three sixty five a year. She's like I I would just want to go get fucked up with my friends and not have to worry about it, but I I cannot do it. I have to be responsible every minute of every day. And so she's you know I'm telling her about how I feel about having kids, kind of reiterating that, and she's like I totally get it. She's like, I would have been fine without him, you know? That's something you don't really hear, you know? She's like, I love him, but, like, I would have been fine, perfectly fine without him. You know, I I didn't, she didn't really have a pressing need to be a mother. I think she was telling me yesterday that, you know, her husband wanted him, but she felt it was more of, like, a biological urge where, probably where she didn't want to feel like she was missing out on something. So she had, you know, two kids, but she's like, it's fucking tough, and it's not fun most of the time. It's like, all right, you know, fair enough. I I appreciate the honesty. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we get right into it. We don't like, how are you? What's up with? I'm just like, what's going on with this? We start talking about, you know, um, we've talked about the disease. We'll talk about liberalism, wokeism, conservatives. Oh, yeah, we talk about lots of things. So she, I think, is getting not obsessed with, but it, she always brings up Andrew Tate. Okay. I don't bring him up. I watch a lot of the guy's content, but, uh, you know, I think I've mentioned him once to her, and she's like, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, check it out. Like, I wonder what you think about it. And she did, and then, like, the last three conversations we've had, he's gotten brought up a few times. And she's she's definitely not a... She considers herself to be, like, progressive, but she is also like is is disgusted and frightened by the left wokest movement she's she doesn't she was telling me yesterday that she tried to get um a a present for her daughter and her daughter likes playing with dolls and she likes the you know the family the mommy the daddy the brother the sister and Mm -hmm. it also reflects her family which you know they're a heterosexual couple with a and she has a and it's a boy and a girl so as I'm willing to bet the majority of couples are. Yeah. And so my friend goes to the store to get a, like a holiday gift for her daughter a few weeks ago. And they only had uh, gay couples. What? So she's like, uh, what? So she goes up to like the front of the store. She's like, do you have any like uh, couples with like a mom and a dad? <laughs> do you have any, like regular dolls? And um, they're like, oh, no, those are all sold out. And she's just like. Well, you know, do you really have to buy them in like equal quotas? I you know, know, like you know, if if ninety nine percent of couples are heterosexual and they want their kids to, and the the daughters want to play with like a mommy and a daddy doll, do you really have to buy like you, you know fifty percent mm-hmm. heterosexual, fifty percent homosexual? 
so my friend who's very like liberal and progressive is like this is fucking ridiculous like why just this is just how her family is why do we have to be you know shoving this down our kids throats so you know she'll say stuff like that to me but then she also is very you know um liberal and kind of free thinking in other ways but Mm -hmm. she doesn't like andrew tate and i do so that's kind of because usually we're like on the same page about everything so when we find she something, doesn't like him. No. But when we do find something that we're not on the same page on, it actually is is like best case scenario for us because we're like, oh, let's really unpack this. Which is, again, I don't have this relationship with hardly anybody where it's like, ooh, let's find, like, ooh, this is yeah, good because yeah. I respect the way her brain works and she respects the way mine sure. works. So we're like, okay, well, maybe there's something that I'm missing. So she kind of pleads her case and I kind of, uh, you know, was pleading mine and she's just like why is this guy of everyone that we could like have our kids look up to or um anyone that could be popular and 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 be a a leader or a thought leader like why does it have to be this guy and then i'm like well he didn't really sign up to be a role model i'm like that's really not i mean he's doing his thing and he's making money and if people start assigning him like wow i want to be like him that's really not you know he didn't sign up for title role model just something that people kind of assign to anybody who's really popular like what like why do you have to be a role model for kids like he doesn't who fucking care like i feel like that's a lot with Mm -hmm. like um like pop stars and singers and taylor swift and you know well she's a good role model but cardi b isn't for our kids it's like well that's not their purpose to be their purpose is to be an entertainer yeah like, i don't know why we think that why why do we need people that are celebrities to be like influencing and raising our our children it's yeah. like yeah they're gonna influence your kids because i've never understood that i'm like yeah because you're a good singer well like why should i also vote how you say to vote because you can sing well it's because you have a brain that works and a lot of people don't and so i'm like if you're worried that some internet troll is going to shake the very foundation of like how your child thinks, then you're probably not doing a very good job as a parent instilling whatever sort of foundations you're trying to instill. So yeah. um, And if he's influencing young adult males, like whatever, they're adults, they can be influenced by whoever they want. But if we're really worried about our children, then we should really be worried about the the parents of those children and what they're doing and not doing Mm -hmm. well. So, um, and I just kind of said, like, he's a provocateur. He's, uh, he's an entertainer. He's trying to make money and go viral. And it's, you know, if you want to be mad at anybody, be mad at society for putting him on a pedestal. Yeah. Like, don't be mad at him for doing his thing. But if he he's doing something that's hidden for whatever reason. And I think Andrew Tate is just an interesting character beyond just, you know, things he's accomplished and, and the wealth he's uh, accrued with his brother. Beyond that, it's just no one's really kind of risen to such, like, uh, it's like beyond celebrity status so quickly. Right. Usually it's like a slow roll. He came from nowhere. Yeah, you're like, I didn't know who he was, and then it seemed like overnight he was literally fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, who is he? Like, he's not a singer. He's not an entertainer. He's like a business guy, but he has casinos. 
but he's American, but he's British, but he lives in Romania, but he has all these cars, and he has this brother, and he has, like, six girlfriends, but no kids. And So it was just, like, really kind of, like, who is this kind of mysterious man? What is he trying to accomplish, and what is he trying to do? So, um, and as you know, we obviously got on the topic because he was arrested in Romania um, on account of being accused of, what, Human trafficking, I suppose. Yeah, and was it sexual assault or something? Yeah, sexual assault. Um, and she's like, what do you think about that? And I go, well, first and foremost, we don't know. Like, we don't know shit. Mm-hmm. But if I were, if you were to be like, well, what do you think? Like, if you were to speculate, I'm like, I think this is a fucking... This is a, you know, like a mob job. I, I don't, something, something's going, something's not adding up. Like my spidey senses are telling me that they are after him. And she's like, well, who are they? And I go, I don't know who they are. But whoever's trying to shut him the fuck up, you know, who tried to shut him up when it came to social media mm-hmm. and banning him off of like what, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I think he still has Twitter, thanks to Elon. But everything else I think he got kicked off on. Um, and that just made him more popular because it made him more taboo and people, you know, if, if you say you can't read that, like then everybody wants to read it because they're like, well, what does it say? Why is it so dangerous? Yeah. The best way to make a book popular is to ban it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that's what they tried to do to Andrew Tate and he just kind of became even more popular. Mm -hmm. And then he started popping up on everybody else's podcasts or shows pierce morgan patrick patrick pitt david uh i don't know if you if that's when you talk to dave portnoy i don't know um i would not be surprised if i saw him on rogan within the next two months has, maybe he, less. has he not been on rogan ever no oh okay but the, rogan was talking about him a couple days ago yeah i saw that and he talks about him frequently like because he's you know andrew tate is part of the news he's in that same sphere of people as rogan have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only 15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba That's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yes. Yeah, like free thinkers, things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him on Rogan, kind of not after this all gets cleared, but after, I don't even know if he's in jail. I haven't. I haven't really looked into it, but, um, yeah, my spidey sense is telling me that he, he probably didn't do what he was accused of in, in my estimation. Do we know any of the details on what he was actually accused of doing? Cause I, cause uh, I don't... Human trafficking, like, I guess some girls wanted to leave and he forced them to stay. I don't oh, know if right. it's like he... strangling or something. I heard there was something, I, I, for, I just remembered this, I guess... Some girls from like a different country came to see him, and he like took their passports so they couldn't leave. Yeah, uh, again, I don't, I I didn't hear that. I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm yeah, just, I, that's what someone was saying. I, I don't remember. So it's kind of hard to tell um, what's going on. But if I were to venture a guess, I think that they are trying to get him, and they are trying to get him on stuff that people on like boots on the ground are more upset with. So like the, mm-hmm. the misogyn the misogynistic stuff. Like how can you this guy is saying these inflammatory things. It's like, okay, but number one, if you're an adult and me as an adult, especially female, I hear these things. Like I, I've just never been I, I've never been um like moved really emotionally by someone's inflammatory remarks by someone I don't know that and something that's not personal. Mm-hmm. So like if someone that I knew like said something to hurt my feelings, like I would definitely get upset, especially if I uh, like we were friends and or lovers or whatever the case may be like that can hurt. But if someone I don't know is making comments about a group, a demographic that I ha- happen to belong to, that would never move me to the point of like being actually angry. I'm like, I can disagree with him and be like, oh, that's funny. Like, or he thinks women are property. Like, whatever. Okay. Ha ha. But um, I-, I would never be moved to like, we need to get him banned or even make a comment on social media about like how I feel about it. I'm just like, whatever. Let him say what he wants to say. If we're so worried that, you know, his words are so dangerous, we're actually, like you said, empowering him. And if, and if we're afraid, you know, that he's going to influence adults, like, well, too bad. And adults have agency over what they decide to listen to and what they decide to do, but they should be able to listen to whatever they want. 
And if we're worried about him influencing our kids, then do better as a parent. Like, I don't, I don't know right. what to tell you. So, I don't know. I uh, I like Andrew Tate because I think he's just kind of the um, the equal and opposite reaction to the woke left, which has been moving very quickly in one direction. And I feel like this is just kind of like Newtonian physics that someone's going to come along like Trump, like Andrew Tate, like, you know, uh, I don't even want to throw Kanye West's name, but let's say pre-Jew ordeal into the Kanye mix. Kanye and not Ye. Yes, Kanye, but not Ye. Um, that it's someone comes around and pulls you in the opposite direction. You know, that's kind of why Trump won uh, round one, the only round that he won thus far. But, mm-hmm. you know, people were just sick of being called racist. They were sick of the the woke agenda. They were sick of the left's narrative. And he was able to incite a bunch of people to go, well, we are all against this, so we're going to vote for this guy because he's, he's kind of talking some sense. You know, he's kind of saying, yeah, like, no affirmative action. You should work and, if you know, it doesn't matter what color you are, you should get in. And, and people were like, you're racist. And he's like, ah, no, I'm not. And, like, he was, he was saying a lot of things that echoed just the ethos of kind of like what people were saying on the ground. Because Trump is not a, a conservative by any stretch of the imagination. No. He's just a populist. Correct. He, he kind of goes where the people are. If, if there was kind of like an under rumbling of, of disgruntled Democrats— he probably would have run as a Democrat and 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 represented those people because those people were in like they were incited and they were um, invigorated mm-hmm. and they wanted a change and they were going to they were going to move and go to the polls. Well, people like forget that when he first said like, "Hey, I'm running," and started running, the GOP hated him. They all laughed did. at him. Yeah, not just laughed at him, but they but they they hated him. Mm-hmm. And then when like when it came to Oh, he's actually our candidate now. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, let's go ahead and get behind him. So it was all fake. Yeah. Uh, like it all, like it all is, all sides. Like, yeah, it's politics. You know, yeah. But I, yeah, and it's funny you say that because there's a distinct memory I have of, um, like a panel on Fox. Maybe it was Fox. Maybe was, I can't remember if it was left or right. I think it was right, but I remember they asked. And Coulter, like, who do you think is going to be the GOP candidate? And she was like, it's going to be Trump. And I remember them laughing at her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ann Coulter's, like, stone cold, like, bitchy face. She's like, whatever. Like, you'll see. And she was fucking right. Like, by a large margin that these people were just, most people, these you know, a lot of blue-collar people, a lot of uh, Republicans, you could even say conservative men, whatever, just felt like, listen, we're tired of being shit on by virtue of... Yep. Things often we can't even control, like our skin color orientation or things that we should be able to to say freely, like, I think being gay is wrong. Like, whatever. You should be able to say that. Like, Yeah, doesn't mean you're right. You should be able to say it. You're not on the streets fucking killing gays, but you could be like, I don't agree with your lifestyle. It's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Like, that's fine. I have no problem with anybody saying that. You know, I might ask them why, like, why do you, why are you mm-hmm. offended by where someone, one adult dick What's goes problem? In, in another adult butthole? Like, I don't understand, but, you know, fuck, you should be able, allowed to feel that way, especially if you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. You're not hurting anybody. Get out of here. So, you know, that's why why Trump became so popular, and I feel like Andrew Tate is kind of an, uh, an extension of that as well, where it's like people were just, especially, like, lately, it's... But lately, I mean, the last like five years, it's it really has been kind of like obscene how much hate and vitriol is sent in into the direction of like the the, the white 
heterosexual male. It's like, dude, like, really, you're going to blame this demographic of people when you yourself are like, well, not all black people are the same. Not all women are the same. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, uh, what, are you, what are you doing? Like, to me, it was just so obvious that it's like you're being hypocritical. But, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you can't punch. What do they say? You can't punch up. It's like, well, then why are you saying that you're inferior to a white man? Yeah. Like, you're putting yourself down by being like, well, you can't punch up, you know, or you can't punch down. Right. Rather, that you're allowed to punch up. So then I'm like, well, why are you saying that you're inferior as a person of color? Like, that seems like you're putting yourself down. Right. You're saying you're down and you're being the one punched down on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, in my estimation, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. It's interesting. So we were talking a little bit about that. We talked about, you know, kids and, and her urges to have kids. And she was kind of saying stuff that was a little bit different than what she used to say. So I was like, why did that change? But just a, a really insightful conversation. I mean, and I was like, man, uh, I thought we were, we were just talking for a few minutes. I look at my phone. It was like an hour and 47 minutes. I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. So which is pretty cool considering like the crazy time difference. And she was literally in the middle of work and yeah, and all that jazz. But um. You know, I think she had mostly an issue with, like, obviously the misogynistic stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but he also says a lot of stuff about working hard and challenging yourself and sexual and gender differences and gender roles. And, yeah, I don't know. And it, but what, and what's funny to me is, like, I see a lot of women who are in the part of the red pill community, which I've been very involved in, like as an observer lately, mm-hmm. I, I, I find it interesting. Cause again, it's the reaction to all the woke left stuff is this return to traditionalism, this return to traditional gender roles, sex roles, sex differences, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, dynamics between men and women in the home and out of the home dating and all that sort of shit. Uh, a lot of these women who are like calling for more to for women to be like more traditional like are not are not traditional themselves so it's kind of odd you know right. it's like you are the breadwinner you're the one that's on TV that has the career like you I'm like are you really subscribing to like you're a working woman so it's just kind of interesting cuz they're calling for this like return to tradi- traditionalism but they themselves are not in any stretch of the imagination like traditional themselves. Yeah. So like what's the argument? But it could also be the case that you put on different hats and that when you get in the home hat, you act like a more traditional woman. Um I've seen that a lot too lately. Of what? Like with the red pill is like, hey, they act one way like in public, but then they say, well, and but like I'm subservient and at home. Yeah, I'm submissive at home. And that yep. was kind of something that like struck me when I started listening to more of the red pill stuff. Um, you know, Rolo Tomasi stuff, fresh and fit stuff, uh, a lot of the valuetainment stuff mm-hmm. with Patrick Bet David. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they talk about it, um, you know, and, and they do it in different ways, like. Patrick but David is a lot more uh, corporate about it versus if you go to Fresh and Fit, they just have, it's like these two guys and they have a bunch of, I've talked about it before. They bring a bunch of like strippers on the show and then they like drill them with questions and these women are borderline R and they uh, have like six words in their vocabulary. And so the guys win the arguments every time just because 
they can they have a they can talk and the girls can't because they're stupid and so then it just it makes the girls look dumb and it empowers the guys that are watching they're like yeah fucking stick it to them Mm -hmm. and they certainly do make good points about how women feel entitled that's a big one is that women feel like they like if you ask like there's lots of videos i watch where it's like a guy guy on the street stuff man on the street stuff and they ask women to like rate themselves and it's like 10 10 10 10 10 10 right and then they'll take a picture of that woman and then they'll ask a, a random guy on the street like how would you rate this woman mm-hmm. and they're like four and a half right like you know sort of a deal so um it and it, it's kind of interesting like how we got to that place and i'm sure people listening and who are you know in the dating sphere and i was there for a long time that's kind of like what i heard from a lot of guys is that women feel like they're just the shit and they're owed the world and um a lot of the the stats with date online dating are really interesting where you have like five or ten percent of the guys getting 90 percent of the women Mm -hmm. so 90 percent of the guys are like considered undateable by the majority of the women on these apps um i even saw a guy saying that and he was a tall man like your size like six three or six four and he was saying that he got i i think they banned his account or something what online just because he was he was getting like too many matches what and i guess a lot of other guys like were getting zero and they just said that he was like a bot or something and they just like canceled yeah his um his account so it, it it is kind of like this strange thing where you know a lot of these women are like well i want a guy who's making at least a hundred thousand dollars and he's at least six feet tall and he needs to have hair and he needs to have this and that it's like okay well are you in the top 10 percent of women like (laughs) no right you're a four and you think you're 10 which is interesting and you're 50 or 60 pounds overweight and you know kind of like the kevin samuels shit like Mm -hmm. that's fun to watch when you see these entitled women just getting pummeled by guys like asking them these you know, very brutal questions that they're forced to answer and they can't answer them well. So I, I enjoy watching that sort of stuff because I enjoy watching people like feel uncomfortable and especially entitled women, you know, and, you know, to be honest with you, it's shocking that it's, it's permeated to the point where, you know, the left is supposed to be the side of compassion and treating everybody equally. And, you know, it it should be based on your character, not the color of your skin, like all that shit. I mean, I've talked to, let's say family members who maybe identify with that side, that ideology. And I asked them about their dating life and, um, a sense of entitlement that I was seriously shocked, you know, to the point where I was like, well, what would you do if a guy asked you to like split the bill or something? And, um, all right. It was my sister. She said that she, uh, <laughs> let's just be real. She told me this probably about a year ago, maybe more. I was asking her about dating <clears throat> and, and I, I don't know. We started getting into it and I was just like, well, what would you do if a guy like didn't pay or like asked you to split the bill? And she was like, oh, I would, I would cause a scene. I'm like, oh. wait, what? I'm like, and I'm and he because I'm such like an observant person, 
Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Walk me through that. Like, what do you mean cause a scene? Like, would you say, like, would you tell him to fuck off? Would you get up and leave? Would you start yelling in public? Like, what does what constitutes a scene to you? And she's like, well, I would refuse to pay. I'm like, oh, okay. So you think a guy should pay? She's like, absolutely. Like, why? Then don't ask me out. Then da 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 all this sort of stuff. Hmm. So I'm like, huh, okay. Well, do you ask guys out? She's like, well, no, I don't. Most women don't ask guys out. Right. Um, and I think she was, and a lot of women say this, they'll be like, well, whoever asked who out is, should be the one to pay. But most of the time, if not pretty much all the time, it's guys asking women out mm-hmm. or girls out or whatever, because that's what's culturally acceptable. So then it's like this whole like guy should pay. And then my response to that has always been, well, what do you, you know, not to pull up Bill Clinton, but like, well, what do you mean by should? Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking about should in an ethical sense, like what is the right thing to, what should you do as a, as a parent in this situation ethically or a businessman ethically, or what should you do in a football play? That's not an ethical question. That's more of a strategy question. Right. Like what what should we do, coach? Like no one's talking about ethics. We're talking about how do we win the game? So when people say, like, should a guy pay at least on the first date? I'd go, well, like, what do you mean by should? You mean ethically? No, there's no ethical component to who should pay uh, or morally. What about culturally? I would say, yeah, it's probably culturally more acceptable if a guy pays on a first date. But I think what we really need to look at is strategically, right? Like, this guy was calling for, you know, that guys should never pay on the first date. And I'm like, he's not helping guys. Because here's the thing. If you t- if you go out of your way to, to ask a woman out, take her out on a date, you take a shower, you get ready, you drive to the date, you know, you, you talk for three hours, and then at the very end, you don't seal the deal by paying. Like, all of that could be in vain because she may say, like, wow, this guy's not generous. He's mm-hmm. stingy. He's cheap. You know, that sort of thing. Um, and guys go, well, like, I don't owe you shit. Like, we're just getting to know each other. So I think that a good, sensical, sensible, excuse me, um, way to kind of navigate this. I would say if you're if I were talking to men right now and they're like, should a guy pay on the first date? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Not because it's the right thing to do. Because people always say, well, it's the right thing to do. Fuck that shit. Do you want to win or do you want to lose? Right. If you And here's the thing. Just because you paid for something doesn't mean you're going to get sex. But you're definitely not hurting your chances by paying. You are certainly hurting your yes. chances by not paying. Yes. So if you're trying to get the girl, like, or, or even just get a, a, an opportunity to see her again, I would suggest paying for the date. Mm-hmm. For your own sake, not for hers, but if you are trying to get laid or you're trying to, you know, you may not get laid on the first date, the second, maybe even the third, but maybe the fourth you do. Well, you wouldn't have never got to the fourth date if you didn't pay on the first. Yeah. So strategically wise, it's it's very wise to pay on the first date. Now, with that said, I also would suggest that you not do anything very extravagant on the first date. You know, of course, because, you know, you don't want to be fucking three hundred dollars in the hole because you went to or five hundred dollars in the hole because you went to Burns on the first date. And then she just never answered your phone calls. Well, and also you're setting the expectations super high. Yeah. 
and she and honestly she doesn't deserve that at the on the first date like no what has she done for you you're just getting to you're just getting to know each other so i mean i would you know i would always suggest uh coffee if it if you can do it during the day even better because then mm. you can you know you have something you have to go to in the evening you have to go home to whatever like you have work the next day um i think coffee dates are good for for females they're horrible for men why do you say that um i mean because the whole reason for going on a date is to possibly hook up okay and coffee dates are not good for that Hmm. um well it depends on what you're what your goals are. If you're looking to just to like hook up, I mean, I wouldn't suggest if I was a guy, I would I wouldn't suggest going on a date ever. Like talk to well, a girl on Tinder and be like, I'm I'm com- I'm going to be at the club if you want to have a few drinks like with me and my friends. Like that's what I would okay. say. Okay. But if you're looking for like an actual relationship with like a a good girl or a good guy, like I don't think that there's anything wrong with a with a coffee date. But I think what's probably a bit more romantic, maybe, is having, like, a glass of wine or a drink somewhere okay. at, like, a a restaurant or... Not a restaurant, but, like, ma- make it a bar or, like, a, a nice place that you can have a drink yeah. at um, and not have dinner. Like, it's just a drink, so at at most you're, like you know, 20 bucks in the hole with this chick, which is, like, whatever. Right. It's not a crazy date. No. Um. And I, I think that that's, I would suggest that date over everything else is like, hey, we want to meet for a drink at this place. Boom. Done. Um, that's a bit more romantic than uh, a coffee date, I think, just because, you know, you're going to see a lot of soccer moms and kids coming in and it just doesn't really give you a, a, a like, a, it doesn't really set the mood. Correct. So, yeah, I think like an early evening meet me for a drink date is is probably the best move but never dinner i i did that once and it was it was this was like 10 years ago when i was in michigan and yeah. it was bad an actual like dinner dinner yeah a dinner date there was like a lot of like hype and it was like kind of a nice place and you're dressed up and mm-hmm. you're just like i was sweating and then i was sitting on like vinyl seats and so i was sweating profusely i had to put like a cloth napkin under my legs and it was just really really bad the guy was super awkward and was like the the waitress came over and he's like can we get a drink and i was like oh my god like for on first date yeah oh, yeah yeah he was also the guy that told me he he was a lawyer because he liked the clothes Did they tell you that yeah 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 you said some uh what for the fashion he's like yeah he's like i love he's like i love like to him he was this little like nevishy jewish guy and he was like oh i just love waking up and like spinning my tie rack and seeing what tie i'm gonna wear for the day and i'm like <laughs> that's weird oh he's like a late like, like, a, I, like a girly guy like yeah i mean i get it like you know if you wear something very nice like you you know you feel more confident but like yeah but also he had no swag so right. he's just like i don't you know I like it because of the clothes. (laughs) Like, oh, man, you know. And here's the thing. Like, I have pretty, like, regular, uh, like, uh, attractions. You know, like, I like guys who are doctors and lawyers and shit like that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm attracted to success. It's not like I would like really anything different. This guy was, like, cute and on on the pictures and... 
you saw him in person, I'm like, that was a little different than expected. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily, like, height. It was just, like, presence. Right. And um, the voice was a big one. I tried to get him on the I, on the phone. He, like, did not want to talk to me on the phone before the date. And I'm like, yeah, well, you got to talk to me on the phone because I, I like I, I want to hear your voice. Like, I just want to get a better mm-hmm. want to make sure you're a real person. Like, it gives me more security. Yeah, this was in the the first time I ever used Tinder. The first date I ever used on Tinder. And then, you know, uh, he talked on the phone. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. But I'm like, fuck. We already invested like it was stupid. We invested like a month into talking because mm. I didn't know how to like do it. So we're just like talking every day. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, we should probably meet. So we met, and it was just bad, and it was, eh, like, he was, like, he was that, he was that Jew. <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing, like, there is an element of, like, and he wasn't a religious guy, so, like, there's an yeah. element of, like, I get you, you get me, mm-hmm. there's, like, a cultural thing, you know, our parents would probably be stoked about it. At this point, right. my dad like wasn't like a full-blown atheist, so you know, there was still that. Mm-hmm. And even though my parents are, especially my dad, is an atheist, like he still like has a strong connection to Israel. Like he goes there every year. Yeah. Um, he speaks and, Hebrew fluently. And you did not, you have, not that you have a strong connection with Israel, but like, you know, you're not religious, but like the faith still means like the the traditions mean something to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like I have a lot of like happy memories, like going to synagogue, not necessarily like in temple, but like Sunday school and like Hebrew school and like hanging with my friends and like going yeah. to Jew camp and like doing Jew stuff and Passover, Rosh Hashanah. Like I do have a lot of like happy memories from that, and it was fun. And you know, now I go and I'm like, why does that shit even matter? And it's like, well, to it. It it matters to people who feel like they they don't know where they belong, but I know where I belong. Yeah, like I know my community, so it's like okay, well I know where I'm from, so it's not like that's any mystery. But you talk to people who you know were adopted and they don't necessarily know like what their lineage is, and they feel like or people who are mixed. I hear this from a lot of people where they're like, well I'm not black enough to be black, I'm not white enough to be white, so like wh- who what where do I belong? Mm-hmm. So. I hear a lot of that, but like I'm fucking Jew on both sides, like full on Jew. I think um, both sides of the family. I found out w- with my mom because they're my family is a bit more interested in the lineage of my family than I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I thought it was like Lithuania, but it's actually I think Belarus. Oh, you're Belarusian. Both, yes, families. It seems like uh, originate from like the same. Uh, area and then some went to America and some went to Argentina, some went to South Africa, mm. some went to Canada, but it's all the same fucking people. And that's on your mom's side? Uh, I think that's on both sides. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Belarus, Lithuania, like right, I forget what the city was, but she was like, yeah, we're all fucking from there. Hmm. I'm like, oh, interesting. So, um, but so, so I know that. I'm like, all right, case closed, don't care, like whatever. Yeah. But uh, I understand why it is important for people. So, yeah, so back to this Nebuchadnezzar Jewish guy, like, um, looked great on paper, and he was like a big sling and D at, at like twenty five, mm-hmm. which I thought was even cooler because I'm like, dude, not only is like he's he's not like an older guy lawyer like at the time I was like twenty four, twenty five, and he's twenty five, twenty six, and he's like had been with the firm for like a few years. I'm like, oh my god, you're twenty five, and like you know what you're doing, like that's crazy, right? Yeah, but then when, but I don't care like how many credentials you have, you know, you come to the the day and like. Eh, and I was just like, okay. I'm like, dude, you know what he looked like? He just looked 
allergic. He sounds like Urkel. Yeah. He just looked, I'm like, do you have all the allergies? Like, and it's not like he was even sneezing or anything. He just looked allergic. I'm like, you look like you have a weak immune system. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, and he wasn't, you know, a lot of Jews are very funny. This one was not. This one was not funny. This one was almost too honest where he's like, I'm, I, I became a lawyer because I like the clothes. <laughs> like, you did it for the fashion? I'm like, I can't. I just, I, I, I can't. I, I can't. I'll, I'll date the plumber. Like, I don't care. It's not okay. So, um, yeah. Not sure where, how we got there. I don't know, but another horrible date idea is a movie. Yeah, it's a bad one. Don't go, especially yeah. First date. What are you? What are you doing? Yeah, you, you gotta. You, you, you want to talk? You've, you've left and you know nothing. You right. Know? Right. Um. Yeah. Movie was good. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Do not go to a movie. I would not suggest having a meal. Um. That's too much of an investment. So like all these guys that are like, well, I don't want to invest in this chick. She's probably fucking other guys. Maybe. Like that's what I heard this guy yesterday talk. He's pretty eloquent, but he was he was like, well, why would I pay? I have to assume that she's having sex with other men. It's like okay. Well, why do you have to assume that? And mm -hmm. if you're assuming that about this woman, why are you going on a date with her to begin with if you're looking for a relationship? Right. It could be the case that she's seeing other guys or talking to other guys. Mm -hmm. It could also be the case that she's not doing that. So you can't really assume. You can't punish the girl before you even met her. Like, that's that's not okay. Right. So, um, but yeah, he's like, no, guys should never pay on the first date. It's like. That's not good advice. Like, it's not helping men get laid if yeah, that's your he, goal. What does he think? You should split the bill? I, I think so. Go Dutch on the deal. Yeah, I'm not sure no. what he was calling for, but he, again, was interviewing, like, these young hot chicks who are super dumb. And, you know, it's he asked them questions like, do you think body count matters? And they're like, no, body count should never matter. What I did in my past is my past. Mm. Like, I don't care about your body count. And then he'll get, like, the one girl who's, like, yeah, like, the more traditional one, like, yeah, I don't wear makeup. And I think body count matters because it, it indicates that you're selective or you weren't selective. Or what? what a, does he ask guys the same question? All the guys are pretty much on his side, but he kind of, like. about. No, I'm saying about body count. Like, what are they? It's mostly just women. He is asking women okay. questions on the panel. But he's, um. He's he's pretty articulate. So, but and what they purposely do is they bring people that are not. So then it just becomes like very apparent the discrepancy between you know it makes his arguments like foolproof because they have they're just like like mm -hmm. like um the talking phase like um and then he like rattles on some coherent thought <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like wow fucking killed it. It's like well if that's who you're asking exactly. you're gonna win every time. But I'll have to find it and show it to you. Maybe you've okay. seen this guy before. But I, I, I like him. But I, you know, he's like. So you have to assume that he's talking. He's like, he'd he'd ask a girl, be like, "Are you talking? How many guys are you talking to?" And and she'd be like three or something. Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, "Right." So when you take a girl out, you have to assume that she's talking to other guys, and therefore she's having sex with other men. Like he just has all these like it's, conclusions. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well. No, and, and maybe that is the case, but then, you know, at the end of the day, if you find out she's a fucking whore and you don't want to date her, then you've already, you've only lost, like, 20 bucks versus, like, a $500 meal yeah, yeah. and then a $200 date and then a $100 movie, take, you know, whatever. So I I would say that, like, guys, you, sh you should pay for your own benefit. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I would, I've been very turned off by that, and I'm not a ritzy person. Right. 
But yeah, there's been situations in the past where I've offered and they accepted. Yeah, it's not a good look. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll take the penis and the testicles and stick them on me now because right. I got the dick. Like, and women don't like we we want to feel if you're dating like a woman who is a uh, cisgendered. Hate that I have to use that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Like she's gonna want to feel like a woman. She's gonna want to feel feminized. Yep. She may not act that way. Um, and if that's the case, then she's just basically kind of filling the void because you're not masculine enough. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, like if you tell a woman, like, "Hey, like, get in your place, like, shut up or whatever," like they will listen and they'll be turned on and impressed by that. Right. But um, yeah. Uh, you, but. If you come across like initially like stingy or not generous, uh, women don't are not attracted to that because the whole point of the whole traditional male female roles is like the man is like the provider and uh, he's generous and he wants to take care of the woman and the woman is like the nurturer and she provides the sex and takes care of the kids like that's and and I've heard I've heard guys say before, oh, well, you know, it's expensive or like I can't afford it. You know, even a, a $30, $40 date, you know, well, one or two of those a week and it gets expensive. And it's like, well, either A, don't date or B, go get up or, or get a better job or get another job to help out. You know, like, mm-hmm. sorry, but that's how it is. Yeah. Um, and and it's, and like you said, it, it's not, hey, um, let's go to Burns. Yeah, you, you don't know, you but, don't do but that like, you know, date. you need to be able to afford a, a $50 meal. I mean, like, come on. I mean, at least in the in the early stages. Here's right. the thing: if if you don't have a lot of money, uh, and you're like a young guy, a lot of chicks are are okay if like you're kind of like if you're 21 and you're in college and you don't have a fucking job, but you're about to go to med school. Girls are, by and large, young girls are very cool with like, I yeah. get it. Yeah. You're going to be a doctor. Right. We get it. You're ambitious. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Like, we understand. When I was in college, it's like, yeah, we're all kids, essentially. That, you know, we're, we're working our way up. We're going to get a job. Now, if you're 35 yeah. and you can't afford the meal, yeah, then you're going to start repelling lots yeah. of chicks. But if you're a young guy, honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. They understand. Be like, I don't have a job right now, but I'm in med school. Girls are like, oh, okay, cool. Like, let's just go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, That's if fair. you can't afford it, like, go get another, like, if, if you're single and you're starting a date or you're dating or whatever, like, go get another job yeah. and build up a little bit of money so that you can go on some dates and, you know, 40 bucks isn't going to kill you. Yeah, it's not going to break And, I, and I get it, like, things suck. And, uh, you know, you don't have to have the nicest car or, like, you know, a big house or whatever, but, like, you need to be able to pay for a meal. Yeah. And, again, for the guy. Yeah, for your own self and self-confidence and ability to just go and do kind of basic human things like go on dates. Mm-hmm. But and here's the 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 truth, like listen, the, you may be able to pull g- girls with not a lot you yourself not having a lot of money, but like you know, you're going to have to it may not be a a 6, 7 or 8. It may have to be a 3 or a 4. Like you may have to bring it down because those women will accept more than someone who's a little bit, you know, hotter and more um, valuable on the sexual market. You know what I mean? You may have to just kind of you can't get the the Ferrari or the Benz or even the BMW. You mm-hmm. may have to get the Pinto. 
But it's still a car. <laughs> yeah, it's a car. It's still a car. Yep. So, you know, there's ways to work around it. And there's a few places where, like, you don't need a car. You know, New York City and things like that. But, like, you know, on, on a whole, you need Oh, something. no, I meant it was more of just like a. No, I know. A euphemism for a woman. Like, yeah. At least you have a car. At least yeah. you have a chick. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you definitely need to work on, on your personal wealth just for your your own comfortability and also just your self-esteem, yeah. obviously. But, yeah, th- there's no reason why you need to break the bank. And if you're dating a girl who's who's asking and suggesting all these things and you can't afford it, like, that's just not the girl for you. Exactly. So, you know, if she's into fancy sort of shit and you're not a fancy kind of guy, then it was never going to work, you know, in the first place. So it's Don't try to fake it because that that won't work either. No, you'll run out of all your money. (laughs) Yeah. And then you'll really be poor. Yeah. And then you'll actually, yeah, very much Because then you'll start doing stupid stuff, spending money you don't have. Right. Right. We don't want to be doing that. We don't want to be taking out loans. Or, you know, charging credit cards um, and and charging them up to their max over and over again. That's yeah. that's probably not not the move there. But, um, yeah, I think that I think it's the red pill movement is really interesting. And I like listening to mm-hmm. I like listening to the guys fire back at the girls because, yes, the, you know, women were oppressed in the past and the the. the you know, fucking uh, got the right to vote and this and that and they got this and all sorts. Of, okay, but now we're at a point where it really has reversed and the tables really have turned. Where mm-hmm. you know you are uh, given many advantages as a female, as you know, not as a male when it comes to education. When it at comes least to in the modern world, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In I mean, the we're third, talking... no, in I the know, first world, I know, but in America. Obviously not in Saudi Arabia yeah. or uh, Afghanistan, but we're talking about, let's just talk about America. Sure. You're given a lot of opportunities and that, that men just don't have. There's a there's a lot less in terms of certain expectations, you know, maybe not so much in the looks department, but in terms of like financial success. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at the self-deletion rate among men versus women in the United States, it's like five to one. of the people killing themselves are men um, versus 20% are women. It's something crazy like that. You look at divorce rates, it's mostly women leaving the men. It's not like the men are abandoning the women, you know, as to why, you know, that's a, that's a different discussion, Mm -hmm. but uh, you look at uh, who has the, the, the worst jobs, whether it's like bricklaying or um, having to go to war front lines, conscription stuff like that women getting you know, women aren't drafted into the military especially like not the front lines right so who who really is is burdening a lot of the the things that we have on our shoulders in society and a lot of it is is men mm-hmm. construction workers like a lot of the, the things that women just don't want to do and there's really no call for equality in those positions like no one's like no. we need more female ditch construction diggers. workers. Yeah, <laughs> ditch diggers yeah. and uh, roadside pickup trashers, mm-hmm. like all that sort of stuff. We need more women garbage people. Like no one is calling for that. It's all like we need more women CEOs. We need more which, women's in, in in politics and power. Which, by the way, most of the job you mentioned pay well. <laughs> I'm sure that they do, but they pay well because a lot of people don't want to do. I, I know. 
So it's like, okay, now do you want to like start forcing women to do shit they don't want to do? Yeah, uh, drafting for jobs. Right? Yeah, <laughs> job so, draft. Yeah, they don't they don't fucking want to go into uh, the front lines combat. And and to be frank, I don't think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting when people call for equality. Like, pay attention to like, okay, well, what kind of equality are you talking about? Like you said, like ditch digging. Do you want to be a construction worker? Do you want to be a bricklayer? Do you want to go to war? Do you want to be, you know, doing snowplow shit when it's f- negative 10 degrees outside? Like, what what, what kind of equality are you and, fucking looking for? Yeah, and by the way, if you do, great. Yeah. If you can do the job, I don't care what color you are, what you look like, what uh, uh, sex you are, uh, gender. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If you can do the job, do the job. Right. Absolutely. So that is kind of, uh, I guess, the, the end of, of our sermon today. I suppose mm-hmm. is just um you know ask ask deeper questions ask things that maybe on the surface a lot of people are are missing and a lot of those points that I just brought up was because I've been listening to you know a lot of Jordan Peterson he brings up a lot of great points and he does it in in such a a classy and um Canadian uh Canadian and <laughs> a non-threatening way like him and Andrew Tate say a lot of the same things, but and Jordan Peterson has even said this. He's like a lot of the qualities that I have, the personality qualities that I have. He's like are extremely feminine. Yeah, he said most men are interested in things where women are interested in people. He's like I'm a psychologist. Mm-hmm. He talks about you know his attachment style, like a lot of the things about him. He's like are very feminine. Yeah. But he's still like talking about the fact that there's differences between men and women and that there's roles and dynamics. And it's just kind of funny because the guy who's calling for, you know, people to 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 maybe be more open to going back to traditional roles is himself not a very macho man. Right. He's he's kind of not wimpy, but I feel like he could he could be brought down easily and has been by benzodiazepines (laughs) and (laughs) alcohol. Who hasn't? Right. I totally get it. Jordan. Yeah, I love Big Pharma, too. But anywho. Oh, um, guess what? What? Barb's like a few days away. Barb is a few days away, um, which is crazy. Hold on. I'm going to move to the next track here because this one's about to end so I can get a little bit more of a little chat in. A farewell chat. But yes, Barb is only a uh, few days away. Next Thursday, get ready for the bisexual, biracial, quadriplegic orgy. <laughs> I love it. Every time I hear it, it, I'm so happy for Brandon, too. What what makes me happy about this is that when people ask me, like, so what's going on with you? What's How's, how's work going? I'm like, well, we have a big party. Mm-hmm. It, it kicks off with a bisexual, biracial, quadriplegic orgy. Wait, How, how, how's what? your job going? Wait, what? What? That's all I have to what? say. Uh, no further questions. Uh, that's uh, it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the fact that that's like my fucking job, like that is in the sphere of my workplace, is really cool. So um, we're oh, all very way, excited. He's driving down with his mom from Iowa, and his mom said, "You could do anything, just don't come on my bed." What a cool mom! That is, yes. Just don't jizz on my sheets, please. <laughs> don't God. jizz on my sheets. Just, just do whatever you can. Have black testicles in your mouth. I don't care. Just don't fucking come on my sheets, please, God. Oh Jesus. You could fuck my son, my quadriplegic son in the butt. I don't care. Just don't come on my sheets, please. And that's fair. That's fucking fair. She wants a clean bed. 
So um, that is all we have for you today. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> we'll leave you with that. <laughs> and have a great weekend. And we'll see you on Monday. Bye. Goodbye.